Gaming on the Frontier. This is Trap. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of finding yourself far, far, far away from home, and only thing you have to eat is something on a shingle. Or shrimp on the barbie. This week we are talking about Fringeworthy, and we're talking about the, uh, well, what they refer to in the source book as the um, Alice Springs training facility but no i just see you know as they're seeing just what they're getting into okay we have to learn first contact we have to get rid of our xenophobia not only of other ethnicities but other races and other cultures and there's alien creatures that you know well no let's see there are two types of aliens there are aliens that will want to have you over for dinner or there are aliens that are going to want to have you over for dinner there is a difference. And they're going to find out both of them, especially with that Melor film, and say, yeah, okay, yeah, movie night, it's all a, you know, it's a montage of all things that we found out there. Right. You're going to run into it. Yeah. And then you got the praying mantises who want to do both. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, no. You just show them a demixie meal. Uh. Yeah, uh-huh. Remember, I think John said something about, like, you know, it's in the cocoon, and you inject the poison. And they just suck out what's left of the person or the whatever's in the cocoon or, out. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, that was really good." Or you, or you do the brindle fly thing where you just simply spit on it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait for it to soften sufficiently. Yeah, 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 and just yeah, you show all these a- gross alien customs. Yeah, these guys are gonna be eating dinner with them. <laughs> I'm bringing McDonald's with me. You know, just yeah. I mean. It, Oh, no, it's going to be some psychological warfare. And you're going to get that one jerk. Of course, a good again, part of this thought is that you're going to have that one jerk and, and make him an NPC. Because if you make him a player, you're not going to like that player. Just get that one jerk NPC who's being, you know, just <clears throat> the anal orifice. And just have fun with it. Have, yeah, okay, this is what happened to you pukes if you're going to be doing this. And just show them the film and all the stuff they found on the fringe pads. None of it good. Yeah, here's, you know, the the Dimixie and, you know, cleaning up after the slark of the Blizzness, you know, and just all this. You get to do all this out there. We signed on for this? Yeah. No, I I do see that all these interpersonal differences that that you have in this Alice Springs thing, they're going to do their best to work them out before getting them on the fringe pass. Because also, the physical training, you know full well there's going to be psyche battles going on. Now, if you're going to get that one guy out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, well, because you're dealing with first contact stuff. Um, A couple down years online, you're going to have somebody that comes from Earth. You're going to have that Pax Romana. You're going to have that Golden Horde. You're going to have, and 
they are just like, okay, these people, I'm, I'm here to show them what we are like, you know, potential allies. And they're just going to be freaking out seeing this. And it's going to get to the point where um, they're, they're, you're going to have to, you're going to have people who just are not going to be fit. Because remember, John did the stats a long time ago about out of like, let's say you have 70 people who are fringe worthy. Some are going to be so, too old. Some are going to be too young. Some are going to have some physical or psychological condition that will not permit them to be an active explorer. So they're going to be the ones that might be at Hatsumi Base near the French portal. They're still part of IDEP, but you just don't want them out on, or they can't be out on the... And then you're just going to have some people you might... Between the portals. Yeah, exactly. Or you're going to have some guy, yeah, he's French worthy, yeah, he's got the quantum signature, but he's a, 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 a veteran with PTSD. And, yeah, there are just some people that are not going to be, and this will weed them out, sadly, all of this. And, as I said, there will be psyche valves going on as they're down there in Alice Springs. And let's say you get, well, i got to remember the number here because, remember, it's one one hundred thousand. Let's say they have a new crew of every six months, let's say half a dozen people. If you're lucky, you'll get four prime explorer material ones. The other two to three are going to be just, okay, no, this, we don't want this person out on the portals. We don't and want them out on the paths. You're going to you're gonna hope you get a full team out of, you know, each, each training class. Yeah, as I said, because they're going to whittle them down just because of either physical or psychological infirmity, uh, young or old age. And yeah, after a while, if you're lucky, you might get a, a decent team. As I said, you're not going to get every six months more than maybe at least not until the late middle, early, late campaign. Maybe half a dozen every six months if you're lucky. So yeah, and just all this stuff's going to whittle them down. In one way or another, they're just going to, I mean, as soon as they walk in, they'll go, really? You're, you flew them all the way to Alice Springs and this guy's 65 years old? You know, just, yeah. Or this, he's a 13-year-old kid. He's a child soldier from, you know, Mozambique. Yeah, he knows how to handle a gun, but he's 13 years old. Because John brought up that there are a lot of child soldiers there, you know, and even, you know, like ASA defectors and all that, you know, that type of stuff. Uh -huh. So, yeah, it just, th this is going to be, oh, what is the term? Separating the wheat from the chaff. And you're going to try to piece together teams. For, and because they trained, you're going to want these three because they have that common bond of having been through the six months of all this crap. That they that it forges them into somewhat of a cohesive team because they have that commonality. So, again, this would be a lovely thought experiment, folks. If you guys, if you guys out there want to run this and hit, you know, Answer back. Oh yeah. Oh no. I will want. I want to hear about this. Just this. This just. I want to sit back and read about this stuff down the line. So yeah. All right. Because you. It, it just we. 
this could be a fun campaign. Fringeworthy basic training. Yep. Or at least a, a mini campaign arc within a larger one where you get to build a fringeworthy team from the ground up using this facility as the backdrop for all this. And you could go oh, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. This so, is your Hogwarts to your main campaign. Right. Exactly, yes. And uh, so, like, you know, one of the things, you know, let's talk about how things would be different, though, from a normal training, you know, like a military thing. They're going to have... Mil they're going to have uh, weapons training every single day, but it's always going to be the same weapons. They're going to be running into worlds on all over the place as far as technology is concerned. They can't well, just learn how to use a modern handgun or a modern rifle. They're going to have to learn how to, you know, uh, reload and fire a uh, uh uh, a you know a, a squirrel rifle, you know, uh, they're going to have to learn how to do a blunderbuss. They're, they might even have to learn how to fire a cannon. Because well, also yeah, and they're going to have to learn along with the hand-to-hand -hand training. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, <clears throat> sword training and horsemanship training with a golden golden horde warrior. The Mongolians of the Khan's time were some of the most deadliest mounted combatants in the, on the planet. With their swordsmanship, their archery, and their horsemanship, and this guy's your combat instructor. That would be just way out there. Just knowing that you could handle... And, and as I said, if you want to see good, oh, decent... Netflix's Marco Polo is a really good place to look up if you want to check out what the Golden Horde would be like. Just I got done watching it last week, the two seasons. That would be a really good example of a Golden Horde type combat instructor. But yeah, imagine that as your because you're going to have to learn how to use swords, knives, stabs, staves, whatever. Um, just all types of weapons because it's whatever. Fringeworthy teams are made to be self-sufficient. They oftentimes are out on the paths for weeks to months at a time. Either doing first contact, exploration, just the travel time. Remember, 50 miles between nodes. So they have to learn to be self-sufficient. It means they're going to have to learn to be able to use any weapon that they pick up. And it's going to be swords, knives, blunt, chain, you know, whatever. But yeah, the, the combat potential. Um, imagine having to be up, well, okay. Not a slard because yeah, they don't fight. Bill, trying to fight a Demixie. You're fighting something, you got two arms, two legs, he's got eight, plus the arms on top. You're having to fight somebody that can hit you six times more than you could hit them. Or, let's see, what else? What other type? I mean, all these other races, especially in the later campaign, you're going to have combat instructors from other worlds coming in. And remember, the Romans took over their world so they could bring in, you know, Florentine fencers from Italy and... And I'm blanking on the Egyptian... I remember from another module. But yeah, 
you could combat experts from all times in history giving you like two or three days to work on a form. And then, again, this is later down the line. Oh, no, the, the, the possibilities are endless. Because, you know, the alien core, quote unquote, yeah, they can just bring in anybody. It's like, hey, we need you to come to Earth, you know, our Earth, unite Earth to run combat training. And these people are fighting, you know, a samurai teaching you uh, kendo. Just, yeah. Oh, no. Just possibilities are endless. But, yeah, you're going to need to learn all types of combat. Firearm, energy weapon, hand-to-hand, melee training, archery, um, and they're, and they're going to get into other disciplines. I mean, you're going to be a well-rounded fight, at least to get you out of the battle. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going to have your security personnel, your paramilitary. Yeah, they're going to be a little more. But even the soccer moms and the garbage men are going to have to learn basic hand-to-hand training. Yeah. It's, you're, you're basically going to have to train these guys into being like Green Beret lights. Yeah. You have a wide range oh, of yeah, skills, yeah, yeah. wide range of combat ability and survival ability. You just you're never going to get them to that level in the what six to yeah, six, six months, months to maybe that one seems year. Seems like a really short time. The more we look, think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're never going to get from that level, but you can at least get them started. started. Yeah. Yes. And if they want to, and go then just more... hope they survive. Yeah, just hope they survive long enough to to see where they themselves could use some more training and what areas they want to specialize in, and then you can go hard on those areas when they're not on the clock, so to speak. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I also see it, they're not going to just do initial training. Let's say you go back and it's like, okay, remedial courses and new, okay, we have new first yeah, contact yeah. techniques because we've come up with this new race. You you may end up having um, cultural training. I mean, language, obviously, it's not a problem. You get, you know, you get, you know, idiomatic full knowledge of whatever language world you go on. But cultural training. Hi, we found a, a 13th century Japanese world. We really want to make these guys partners. You three teams are going to be going into cultural training for a few months to learn their etiquette and their ways. Because we do not want to mess this up. We want them as a partner. So I see Alice Springs yeah. as training for, soul, for, for explorers to come back and not only learn new skills as I did Unita, you know, finds new worlds, but, you know, keep you from being rusty. Oh, yeah. Keep, keep you up to date uh, with the new technologies. And yeah, new because, and, yeah, yep. keep you fresh. As they are coming up with all sorts of, um, because nine times out of ten, they're going to reverse, they're going to try to reverse engineer. Now, Termeller and Commonwealth Tech, that's not happening. That's PL, and you know, OGO parlance. That, that's PL9 stuff. You can't re-engineer, reverse engineer PL9 down to PL5, but you can find like PL6 stuff that it's either a, a, a more advanced version of PL5 or just something new. Mm-hmm. That you can learn about. It can be reverse engineered for, for Earth Prime use. So you're going to have to come back and learn how to use it. Yeah, we have these new... Yeah. And of course, it's a new way to introduce... That would be the way you can introduce higher technologies into your game. 
yeah, we've got these, you know, new heat rounds that we use for like, you know, we call them Meller stoppers, you know, <laughs> and it's just, you know, heat rounds that just go through, you know, what, what's the line from Johnny Dangerously, Joe Pisco, this shoots through schools, you know, and so, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, okay, you remember the movie. So that would be a really good way to introduce these new technologies because you're going back for the remedial training and touch-up courses and, okay, we see you need some more hand-to-hand combat training. You know, you had to get carried out by your buddies. You're going back for, you know, two months of, you know, hand-to-hand 101. And then they remember the guy who taught him. It's like, oh, crap, him again. Yeah, I, I see Alice Springs not just as you train there, you're done. No, no. I see it as like Bangor, Maine, where you go back every so often and touch up skills and get advanced training on certain subjects, especially as you find your path as a United Explorer. Oh, this guy's mechanically inclined. Fine. We just got this new type of uh, diesel engine he can work on. You know, we just got this. Or we got this new fleet of trucks that, let's say, Egypt donated to Unita. So you're going to need to learn how to, you know, work on these because it's, you know, different than the Muscovy. So, yeah, you're going to keep coming back to this place time and again just to touch up skills and on a wide variety of things. I definitely, this makes me definitely lean towards IDET having a certification system for all of its explorers. You know, you make it through your first six months at Alice Springs, you are a certified basic explorer and now you know if you find once you get on the fringe path for a little while that you want to you know focus more on examining alien tech you know you take a technological course and you get certified in alien tech you, yeah you know, exactly like what yeah. we already have with the class system and, oh no no i see that system. this when i said like an academy type thing exactly you're going to have the basic students and it's great you're going to see these basic students sitting there and all of a sudden they see people fresh off the plane back from Hatsumi. And, you know, you and, and these noobs are going to be, they're going to know that these are battle-hardened IDET explorers. What are they back for? They've got the path look in their eyes. Yeah. Well, no, not the thousand portal stare like John said. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's that wide-eyed glare. I've seen some stuff. You know, just where. <laughs> I've seen things. They, Yes. It's, it's Horrible more like things. you poor saps, you have no idea what's coming. Yeah. That kind of oh, pity to be so naive. the eyes that, you know, the sadness of, of two, of, uh, you know, of, uh, you know it, it, as they said in the music band, the older and wiser woman for me. The sadder, <laughs> but, what's the... The sadder but wiser woman for me. <laughs> when he was saying, what kind of girls do you go for? You know, um, um, Harold Hill, and he, he said, "I he says I'm not one who chases after the sweet little you know uh, uh, librarian type. You know, no, uh, I go after the older, the the, the sadder but wiser women, <laughs> and that's what they're going to look at. They're going to have that look in their faces that say, I, I'm looking up a certain welcome, but I pity you. <laughs> yeah, I am looking for." a certain line from a certain episode of Doctor Who that fits here. Wow. It's the speech at the Rings of Akaton. Uh. 
and just what, I think I what know was which it? one you're talking about? Yeah, I can't remember the yeah. exact speech, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's where Matt Smith is there yelling out "parasite god something." Now, now you got an and... audience screaming at their uh, iPhones. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, no, no. I, I, I know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking for the something about. It's sad because that's one of the like the YouTube video of that. Uh, the official video from the BBC. I have seen uh, things you wouldn't believe and I have lost. Yeah, here it is. I have seen things you wouldn't believe and I have lost things you will never understand. And I know things. Secrets that must be told. Knowledge that must never be spoken. That That's the look that they have in their eyes as they're walking back and looking at these new recruits because they've been out there now for a year or two. They've seen the smattering of the million, million worlds and they know it's get a lot better. It's got going to get a lot worse from here. And they walk by and they just pat the new recruits on the head and keep on walking. You know, give a thumbs up. You know, yeah. Yeah. Go. Make sure you take lots of pictures, kids. You're gonna you're gonna want them. Yeah. 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 They ain't gonna believe you back home. Yeah. yeah. Count your and, limbs and, every morning. Wow. <laughs> See, I, I but no, I I just that would be the look that these seasoned adventurers coming back to update their training and take new courses and get new skill sets or improve on their old ones. That's the look that they're going to be giving to these newbies that come here to Alice Springs and going, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm here, you know, I've got a hundred thousand dollar check and I'm going to, yeah, I, or no, who am I remind of? Oh, John Candy and stripes. What is it? Eight week <laughs> training? Yeah. You know, I figure, yeah, you get some basic training. Some physical, you know, stand and drop a few pounds. Yeah, I'm good to go. That's why I'm here. You know, be a lean, mean, fight, you know, that type of thing. And right. then you find out that your buddy comes back missing an arm. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, that is weight loss, but, you know, I don't recommend it. Yep. Um, yes, I I lost 40 pounds of, of uh, ugly fat. And, to, and next week they're removing the other limb. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> But, See, uh, I, I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to be going for the, you know. And I'm not trying to be catty here, folks, but it's all thing. Yeah, I lost 150 pounds of, you know, and you find out they had a breakup, you know, things like that. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. no. Well, there's one thing. It, they yeah, probably, just... There's one thing you probably won't get as much of is that dear Johnny kind of stuff because these these guys know they're going to be rock stars if they can make it through the training. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, that's the so thing. So significant yeah. others are, are going to be hanging in there. You know, these aren't just grunts. These are rock stars in training. And rock, uh, what, what did, um, we said this before. For the most rock part. star, sort of a slash, a mix between a rock star and an athlete. Yeah. You have that type of fame. You have to be that physical. At times, you're going to be poster children. Especially as they start doing the gifting thing down the line, and you know you got you know the the the, the good looking guy and girl there in IDET uniforms on a po- on a poster. If you you know if you make the key glow, go to your local you know United Recruitment Center today, and yeah, you're yeah. gonna have. But yeah, it, it's true. Sadly, you're gonna have, and I, and I hate using this term, you're gonna have the gold diggers. Yep. People who are there because my boyfriend or girlfriend just got a hundred thousand dollar check and he gets paid very well to be an IDET. 
yeah, I'm not going to cheat on him because I don't want to, you know, yeah. Gold, so there's going to be that. News. Yep, you betcha. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be. There'll probably be some but, significant others who don't like the attention that that comes. Well, from yeah, my uh, boyfriend is, is world famous because of a genetic quirk. Right. Because of this yeah. quantum signature. Yeah. Well, eventually and now I get, you're going I get to... calls every night from Cosmo asking what it's like to date a fringeworthy. Yeah. It's going to be. Sick of it. I'm sick of yeah. it. Right. Well, you're going to run into the, basically, it's like the Navy. Okay. You know, you're, you're going to get these people that go off for anywhere between a few weeks to even sometimes years. All right. Before, yeah. they, before they come back. And. You may not be, you know, your relationship may not stand that. You may want yeah, somebody yeah. who's going to be home. And, you know, if you're willing to have a, you know, a more non-traditional relationship, you might be able to have both. But more likely than not, you know, you're going to. He's a good provider, but he's never home. He's he, right. I keep getting these $100,000 checks, but I'm here with the kids. All by Murray's myself. out there on the fringe pad. Yeah, I'm here by myself taking care of six kids. Murray's out there on the fringe pads. Yeah. Doing, doing, Lord knows what. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Go, this, go, yeah. go into those places where they got female slaves that will do anything you ask. Oh, no, no. See, I know that there, you know, there's going to be the women out there. Well, yeah, honey, you know, we had to go to the world with the, the female slaves that, you know. Or male slaves, hey, let's not be, or the ma- you know, let's not be yeah, hey, hey, about this. Hey, right, yeah, that's true. Sorry about that, folks. You know, it's, that's like I say, I'm a show, it's all, it, well, no, I, I did it too. I went right for that default there and just, yeah. you know, like I say, I'm a show, it's all good in the hood here on the Travcast and hearing this podcast too. So, yeah, you got, yeah, we went to the, the planet with the slaves and did everything and you got the, the signal there going, and all three of us here have significant others, the three of us gentlemen. And just, we know that look when we say that one thing and they're like, oh, really? Tell us and Bruce and Jonathan know exactly that, that look that, that mm-hmm. the significant others give. Like, oh, really? Really? And how was this world? Is, is it fine? It's like, yeah, you don't like my meatloaf. Why don't you have, you know, the, the female slaves on World 53 make it for you? You know, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I could see that happening. Or maybe your friend in the mix, he will spit it into your mouth for you. Oh, wow. Oh, no. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this going right for the jugular. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this just <laughs> that's a downwards. Little, that's a little further into the toxicity of the relationship. Yeah, I know. I know. And and I need to check something here on the on the. Okay, good. First, not listening because I know she'd be chiming in. My, my girlfriend, she'd be chiming in right now about you know just about the banner we have. Bruce has seen our banter online, so he knows of what I speak. But no, I could just see it's like, oh, yeah, I think, yeah I think why don't you have hilarious. you know? Yeah, I think she's hilarious. <laughs> well, I, oh no, no, she gives as good as she gets. Yeah, Miss Spore. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm seeing just all the banner, and of course, I'm reflecting back on all the banner I've had with her, and just. Again, it's the whole, yeah, why don't you have, you know, it's like, oh, I don't sew that well, huh? Yeah, I didn't fix your uniform. Your Demixi can make silk, to make silk uniform for you. You know, that type of stuff. I see that going on. Just, yeah, that, that that's more flavor text to have, you know, the GM going, yeah, and you notice your team member, Bob, you know, after coming back a year, is talking to his wife. It seems like they're having an argument. 
Oh, I see. You eat my better food than mine, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of food, okay, uh, I wanted to segue into the fact that the they're gonna there's gonna be a real iron stomach type training for these people because oh god oh yes oh yeah and and of course being in the outback this is uh, in Australia this may be a good place for them to be get used to weird looking food I'm sure there's gonna be a bunch of stuff that they bring in but then you know from from Australia but then they're gonna be bringing in for because you you know you may go to a different culture and they may want you to eat something like slugs you know and this might be, um you know if you turn that your nose up at that that could ruin your negotiation or your parlay with them so you um have have you ever heard of some of the cuisine of the indigenous peoples of Australia the the aborigines how they it's like only what I've seen on Crocodile Dundee. Okay, yeah, yeah. The but I mean, I remember, and it's funny. It was for Gerps River World. And they were talking about somebody, one of their grails. They ended up getting Aboriginal cuisine, and it's like live grubs, kangaroo meat, slightly toasted on the outside, raw on the inside, and tubers. Now, me, you know, I like my meat a little more well done, but the grubs, I'd just be like, check please. On uh, yeah, just. There, yeah, that's going to be another thing. I mean, that didn't even come to mind, Bruce. Yeah. Learning how to deal with alien cuisines and also not only just weird food. You may be out there dealing with food that may not exactly be biologically compatible with. So it's also to build up resistances. So, yeah, the iron stomach thing. And, I mean, yeah, folks, there are worlds out there that have the, um, oh, God, it's where you eat and you don't get any sustenance from it. What is it, oh, left-handed DNA or something? It's, it's uh, well, they usually refer to them as uh, left-handed sugars. Yeah, okay. Uh, You're going to have they're, things they're like that. Ster stereoscopic, stereo something, where they're, okay. instead of it being right-handed, you know, bonds, they're left-handed bonds, and so your body can't break them down. Yeah, so, yeah, you're going to be dealing with that, but also you're going to be dealing with, I mean, you can imagine any type of cuisine you've ever heard of on Earth, and then imagine fusions of it or totally new ones. Yeah, they're going to build you up. They're going to be putting you through a regimen of, okay, you're going to be eating this today. What is this? Just eat it. Trust me, you don't want to know. Oh, no, and I... I, I I would make a horrible recruit be like, I don't put anything in my mouth I can't identify. We're just going to put that out there right now. Yeah, I would make a rotten recruit. Yeah, the, the only thing I'd have going for me would be the quantum signature. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it'd just be like, <laughs> oh, no, I, I was this bad back, you know, 15 years ago in the Kung Fu class. Um, but, no, I could see them just offering food to people. And I'm thinking of the whole scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in the Indian Palace with the eyeball soup and the chilled monkey braids and that just whole thing. Give me your hat. Why? I'm going to throw up in it. So, no, you're not. Yeah. I'm, Honestly, no, I, I think that's going to be like every, at least one meal a day, if not more, it's just going to be, there is no choice. You are eating this. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a given because they want to top it not, up. You're not, yeah. Yeah. You're not getting a choice. It is this, and we're not going to tell you what it is. You just have to eat it, and then we'll tell you when you're done. Oh, the GM can have so much fun researching foods from from Aboriginal cultures, indigenous cultures all over the planet. Oh, I would have a field day with this. 
I've had to, I, I often, when, when whatever game I'm running, I'll research the food just to give my players, you know, okay, this is the type of stuff that you're eating. And I, I brought up something from Turkey and just all the, the, the milk and the fish and the lamb and all this, that stuff. And they're like, oh, that sounds good. And then I described something else. I was like, no, I will take that last thing you said, Trav. I am not eating that. This is what's on the table. Yeah, you, a GM, an adventurous GM can have a lot of fun researching various cultures and then throwing them together in a fusion. Yeah, this is from the world, you know, it's like Turkish and Aztec fusion society. So, yeah, you know, you're eating, you know, lamb with, you know, lamb with a plantain sauce and, you know, you know, just, yeah, you could just go nuts, folks. Just if you want to put your, your players through it, just throw weird foods at them and just say, yeah, this is dinner tonight. This is found on Earth, you know, 35 comma 5. And again, no, you you find out what it is. Because nine times out of ten, if you hear what it is, you're not going to eat it. It is best to, and even then, they're still going to probably, you know, you know, just, what was that? You know, frog's lips. You know, This is dinosaur turkey with spider cow milk to drink. Now I'm wanting to throw up. Just you saying that, man. I, <laughs> I got rum in the kitchen. I think I need some after that. Wow. Um, they no, but have the opportunity of eating dinosaur meat—that's true. Well, you mm-hmm. hey hey, you can say it tastes like chicken. I mean, look where look what happened to the T Rex. Well, you'll find out. Yeah, just imagine it's a big chicken. It was a big chicken thirty-five million years ago. What's your point? Teeth this long. There's a, yeah, yeah. It was a big chicken thirty-five portals ago. Yeah, right. But no, I I do like that. That Bruce, that was that was something out of left field there. But that was good. Um, cuisine. Yeah preparation and we're not talking how to cook it's how to deal with it in you and you know and of course there's going to be a whole lot of first aid that's going to fall into this area like you know oh god yeah well yeah first aid training that's going to be that i i lump that in again with survival training but yeah right but i mean things like okay you're mildly you're mildly poisoned okay so uh but you don't, you know, you, you could throw it up, but food, it's the food, okay? The food is mildly poisoning you. So what are your alternatives? What, what can you do to help you, you know, maintain yourself and, and keep yourself strong while eating something that is not necessarily that good? You know, your body doesn't like very much or it's going to take a while to get accommodated to it, you know, um, there, I'm sure you know. I'm sure there's a whole lot of palliative type things that you can do that you might not normally think about. You guys, you know, you, you know, uh, ex, you know, uh, things, you know, maybe you need to micro, you know, microwave all your food just to make sure you don't pick up any, uh, uh, yeah, any parasites that you may not be aware of because the portal doesn't eliminate parasites. Which means no, no. That, no, no. that you come back yeah. to you come back to uh, Hatsumi Base, and the first thing they do, of course, is they do put you in isolation because in the early campaign they don't know that the portal system cleans out micros. But even in the later campaign, you're still going to have the same problem with things like parasites. So you're going to spend some time while they check you for yeah. riders for uh, un- yeah. unwanted. You know, uh, parasite, and uh, so that alien tick is nasty. Okay, yeah, uh, and you know, and of course, the weird, the, the the weird situations is where you pick up something and it actually does something good for you. You know, where uh, it it actually uh, helps clean your blood, for example. 
you, know, you have a parasite, but it says, okay, we're going to this world, but the first thing we need you to do is we need you to get a tapeworm. What? He says, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says, the tapeworm, it lives in your intestine, but then it, it drops off parts of the back of itself, which normally, yes, yeah, how it reproduces, but this thing will actually allow you to digest the major form of starch that is, like I said, it will handle that reverse you know, direction starts things, you can actually live off the food that's there. So I want, I need everybody to come here and take this pill. Oh, you're not going to like make me eat a worm? No, no, it's, <laughs> he's had the eggs of the creature in it. So you just go ahead. Oh, and I'd be like, oh, hell no. You just no. swallow <laughs> them. It's just like eating sand. It's in a pill. Swallow it down. And two days from now, you know, you may start get feeling a little bit more hungry than you normally do. Because yeah, you're now yeah. eating for two. But at least you'll be eating. So, um, and I think also is that, you know, later on, uh, the uh, the Survey Corps, the, uh, uh, the Scouting Corps is going to do a better job of preparing for adventures, for, for missions. So they're going to come back with information. You're going to say, okay... We know we're going to be in a world where the temperature ranges at this time of year on that world, the temperature ranges between 90 and 120. So we need to spend some time in the desert getting acclimized, you know, rather than being in hot Sydney base where it's always going to be cold. Okay. Yeah. And maybe. And, and we know that the, the diet there pre consists of these things. And if, you know, we try, you know, let's, let's try, getting ourselves acclimized to eating food that's going to be more along these lines. Maybe it's a little more more spicy. Maybe it's a little more acidic or even more basic. Okay, so maybe yeah. we need to think about, maybe we need to take these diet supplements to neutralize you. Every, every, you, know, you have a meal and you take a shot of, uh, of um, oh, uh, Pepto-Bismol, you know? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't hurt you and it may, uh, it'll help you know, do that stuff, you know, or maybe Melanta, you know, uh, uh, or maybe you need to, you know, you find, you know, maybe you don't go on that mission because, you know, you need to drink milk and you're not, you know, either you have to take a pill so you can digest the milk or you, you, can't, you have to bow out of that mission because you're lactose, lactose intolerant. Yeah. So you have to keep in yeah. mind the fact that you have to look at your own physical stuff, you know. Now, later on, of course, you know, you, you, if you go through the French paths enough, you're going to notice the bio-boosting effect from the French travel, and that may, that may help you um, endure these kinds of issues um, a, lo a lot better than you might have thought. Um, yeah. And, um, but that's, that is something that they're probably going to at least introduce you to, make you aware of, you know, when you're on a world, you know. Things, you know, and, and of course, just as you say, survival, common things like you see that beautiful uh, uh, pool of water, you know, that, uh, you know, looks like, you know, a, a, a native maiden should be bathing in and there's the waterfall in the distance and stuff like that. Don't go in that water. Why not? Because it could have a blood worm in it and it just waits yeah. and it just goes up and it just... Uh, or if you do and you come out and you notice you've got all these little red spots on your legs, yeah, you probably got something. 
and uh, at which point you need to, you know, and it's a parasite. So going through the portal is not going to cure you. And unfortunately, in this particular case, what I'm thinking of is a, is a parasite called uh, schistosomiasis or bulharzia. And, the, and the, the last time I read about the cure for it was to give you a systemic poison that was only slightly more toxic to the worm than it was to you. Oh, lovely. So you basically spend about a week wishing you could die in basically critical care, okay? At which, at, well, basically like it is right now with COVID, okay? And at the end, except you're not having trouble breathing, okay? Yeah. Um, and at the end of which, you're better, you know? And, uh, and you go back to the world, you're like, well, how, uh, why, you know, what about the natives here? And it says, oh, well, they've been living with this parasite so long, their bodies have adapted. They just, you know, the, the damage that the parasite does to them isn't as, isn't as lethal as getting themselves cured every week. So they just live with it. They have shorter lifespans. They have other issues. They may go blind. Things like that happen as a higher percentage of their population. Best thing is don't go swimming. Or if you go swimming, make sure you're wearing wetsuits and the whole deal so you don't have to worry about that. You know, so that those are the kind of things that you're gonna learn about. The very you know, very, very common kinds of parasites that can be really troublesome yeah. and keep you from succeeding in your mission. Okay, because this is all about the mission, folks. You go out there, you're exploring the world, you're trying to find alien artifacts, you're you know, you're trying to find technology ideas that people came up with on this world that you didn't think of back on earth, which means especially things like that could be very easily, uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, made into intellectual property and sold. So, you know, IDEC gets that money, you don't, but the point still is, is that that's what you're there for. So you got to be able to survive long enough to get to the, to the opportunities to find that stuff. So a lot of times it's a, it's the mission is more of an endurance race than anything else. Well, I mean, in, in, in D20, we had it that if you do find new tech, you do get a wealth bonus. So yeah, you do get a little money, Oh yeah, but not like, but not like a royalty. Yeah. Yeah, They're going to reward you. I think it would be stupid not to give you some kind of recognition and it may not be. and, And again, it may, we talked about this another sessions it may not be financial it may be you know a, a trip somewhere maybe they they uh they they make sure your family you know gets uh they they they, they go, make sure they get into the college of their choice or yeah. maybe you get to move to a better house you know i mean there are, there are bonuses there are boons that you can get you know that are not directly financial you know so I'm, those are, I'm sure, going to be available, and the word's going to come down. People are going to like, well, when you, if you find, you mean, you talk about, talk about those old hands, and they're going to say, listen, kid, if you ever find this, okay, you know, those, the, this thing that's like a little pea, and you find it in the skull of an alien, okay, hold, take that thing and hold on to it, and do not lose it because that is a big bonus. You know, there, you usually only find them on Tamelar and Homeworlds. And only on bodies of Tamelor, but you know there are, we haven't you know until you find those Tamelor homeworlds, they're not everywhere. Uh, 
Most of the worlds out there are not to Mellor home worlds. So if you do find one of those, it's really valuable. And you might even think about popping it in your own ear. <laughs> and not tell I did about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, because things like the bracelets, of course, IDET's going to see that right away. But you, you, if you put the thing in your ear, they're not going to dig it out of your head. So if I, if they'll I, see I, it in the, they'll see it in there and go, you put that in your head. Okay, who told you? Bob on Team Six. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Bob, stop doing that with the newbies. We keep we want those beads. Okay, quit doing that. Yeah. yeah. One of these days, it's not going to be a bead. It's going to be some kind of egg, and it's going to kill somebody, Bob. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah because Mr. 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 UN translator over there wants everybody to understand what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bob. I'm sure that's going to happen sooner or later. Someone's going to think yeah, it's a Melor yeah. translator bead, and it's going to turn out to be, you know. It's a Melor egg. The yeah. boar worm, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. That, that, so, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, I, I don't know, bull sessions going on, you know, where, you know, and, and, you know, every organization has its informal chain of command. So you're there's you know the smart explorers or t uh, trainees are going to find out you know who who they need to listen to who they need to you know to butter up you know who's who's going to you know give them a little extra something because it's six four or five months into this training they're going to be really tired of it yeah so you know there's. I don't. I, I mean, there's a, there's going to be some a, a, some serious psychological uh, work where they they basically uh, you say the guy have psychologists going around and doing tests on them and things like that, but before it ever happens, they're going to be like constantly tr you know tweaking this system, this program to try to produce more and more successful explorers. Yeah, and, and had the least amount of fallout, because if you do fall, fail the training course, they're not going to just say, "Well, that's over." I mean, just like in real military type situations, if you fail boot camp, they put you through it again. So you know, the next six month, the next group that comes through may have a couple people that just didn't, just didn't weren't able to get physically up to snuff, or maybe they had a bad reaction to something and spent a week. Uh, or two weeks in the in the medical in medical care when they, you know, uh, yeah. they will have a doc box there, uh, and once they find them, yeah, so yeah, that that'll get them back <clears throat> in the action pretty quickly. But I'm just saying is that there will be times when people will fail to complete the course for one reason or another, and they'll need to take it over again. So there's gonna some of those some of those uh, people are who are coming in may not you know may notice that some of the some of the their teammates are a little better at doing some of these things than than other members of their teammates and they're like well how you know what what, what did you do that you knew how to do that and he's like oh i was I watched it on youtube <laughs> something <laughs> but in fact is you know they may <clears throat> come clean about it they may not i don't know i mean if you fail if you know because and, and and that might be a problem because when they get done, they might want to go back. If they do succeed the second time around, they might want to go back to their original team. And what's that going to do for team unity 
and team yeah. building, right? So yeah. it's it's going to be a, a really touchy kind of thing because it's not going to be like a military base where they've got 2,000 guys or girls, uh, work, you know, basically going through the training course. It's going to be a handful. It's going to be, you know, maybe a dozen. Later on, you might get, you know, 30 to 40 all working together. But, yeah. Uh, you know, as you have like you know, some dozens of, those... of teams, out, dozens yeah. of planets out there with people running around with crystals trying to find people. So, and that's also one of the reasons why I think that they will consolidate the training from all these different worlds down to just one location because that way they can bring in the experts from the fringe paths to one location rather than trying to go the other way around. You know, they will go on field yeah. trips, but oh yeah, uh, but it'll be it'll be rare. It'll be like okay, this weekend we're gonna go here, and you're gonna spend like a day, you know, on this world just to get you get your feet wet. You know, walking into a world that is entirely different, where all of a sudden you're speaking another language that you haven't spoken in your life. You know, uh, of course, they're going to do that anyways to get everybody speaking probably English uh, because that's the language of the two major players here, America and Australia. That's where the base is. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah. it's going to be tough for a lot of the, I mean, some of the people are just going to have to deal with the fact that they've got a different language running through their head and they've never had that experience before. You know, not like this, not like being able to speak it fluently and their own language seems almost like they're not mother tongue. So, yeah. Know, so there's going to be a lot of psychological challenges going through this training and they're going to be working really hard to uh, try to make this, you know, as soften the blow. I, I don't know what a way, you know, cushion them as much as possible because it really is, you know, you're, 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 dr you're drinking from the fire hose the entire time. Yeah. So, you know, and as a matter of fact, I think that probably the, the weekend trips are, are, are actually meant to be re more relaxing, that they're, that they're not going to, you know, you know, put them through like some kind of survival situation. Yeah. Uh, at least you're not still in still training, early but it's weeks. a more relaxed training. Yeah, so six times four, 24, maybe in the second half, they'll actually have them go out into some more dangerous places. But I think the first, you know, couple months it's just going to be go you know see what it's like in this world see what it's like with pax romana see what it's like with the golden horde see what it's like with uh uh you know, of course the the um, edwardians as they become uh the victorians who become the edwardians ah yeah yeah the yeah. demixi you know where they have to wear gas masks because the air is so foul but the demixi think is fine and you're like, I, I understand why you wheeze all the time as they're speaking from their spiracles. It's like, you know, this air is really bad. What? It's fine. He says, we don't, we don't breathe any air we can't see. Wow. Well, it's yeah, back to that comment I made earlier. I don't like putting anything in my mouth that I can't identify. Well, yeah, that's smog there. And I know it's going in my nose and mouth right now. Except I have this gas mask and air tank on. So, yeah. Yeah, learn, learn yeah. This is your this is your environmental suit. This is your friend. This is like yeah, right, you know, yeah. I mean, you know how the other places says this is your gun, this is your lover, this is your everything. This yeah. is your environmental suit. This is what <laughs> keeps you alive. You know, you will be able. There's nothing you will not be able to do or learn how to fix 
or ma and and maintain on this piece of equipment. Yeah. So you will learn the limits uh, uh, <coughs> of, of your suit before we're done. So yeah. Okay, so you guys got anything else? Mm. Oh no, I mean, there as I said, you came up with as I said the whole food thing just came out of left field for me. I'm like, oh god, that's right, cuisine. Oh wow, yeah. Right. So no, I mean, no, that <laughs> nothing else comes to mind here. I know. Right. I do. What? I do wonder like what will happen when when you get to like the late campaign and you have the the children of the fringeworthy, the fringeworthy kids who have come through the you know fringeworthy youth academy. Right now, coming into Alice Springs, and they're already like top dogs because they oh, yeah. already been oh yeah yeah since they were old. children yeah yeah they're they're, they're like Huai Chang Kane you know who basically who joined the uh, uh, the Kung Fu order when he was six you know now he's eighteen and is like you know can can do all kinds of impossible things so yeah. take the pebble from my hand grasshopper you mean this one or this one over here or this one over here <laughs> get all those pebbles. Knock it off! Yeah. Yes. Well, it's it's the, the line was when you can take the pebble from my hand, grasshopper. You may you then may leave it the will temple. be time for you to leave. Just exactly what happened. And of course, I'm reminded of Jim Carrey doing that, and in Living Color, he just pulls out a gun, puts it to the master's head, says, "Give me the damn stone." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. All righty. Well, yep. that's that. Those are the cultural issues that they will be dealing with. Yeah. Especially yeah. later on in the campaign when they're bringing in more and more. Weird cultures. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. There's okay. occasional Rogue Four Seventeen survivors who are friendly. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also the Bureau Thirteen people. Oh gosh. Because yeah. yeah. you know they're yeah. uh, they're getting you know they're. On oh no, I I have no problem with Shay Talbot sending the occasional fringeworthy agent over to Alice Springs to do some uh, United training. Well, they, oh no! Yeah. Well, they need to because, like, sometimes you go yeah. through a rift into another, yeah. basically, another universe, uh, or your time travel, and there's various things that do happen. Most of the yeah. time, you are training to be an urban supernatural investigator. Okay, with a little. Sometimes, occasionally, you go out into the the the, the boondocks. Okay, but you know, it's it's an America that those characters know. Okay, it's not, but Fringeworthy is not that. Fringeworthy is every mission. It could be a totally different place than you've ever seen before. And then you get the really seasoned people that get up to the, uh, uh, you know, that are up in the legendary levels. And those are the people they send out to the really scary places. Places where, you know, they, they've got problem portals. Yeah. Right now, my uh, the team, uh, and again, they're, they're, we're using the Savage World system, so they're all legendary characters. They're going through portals, and they're finding themselves in the bodies of animals. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and yes, they can understand the language, but they can't speak it, though they can write it. Assuming, of course, that the people have a written language. So, yeah. uh, and yeah. the, uh, <laughs> uh, so they, they did finally figure out a way of getting at least one of their people into the body of a human, you know, and, uh, because as it turned out, it was the, the portal was in the middle of the African savanna and, it was it was a the portal wasn't quite right and so we did the mind transfer but instead of it going into the body of an intelligent being which would normally be a human it went into anything so they they we had oh. a, we had a, a lion we had a 
a, a, a baboon, we had a vulture, we had an elephant, you know, and they're all like, we really need a person, okay, who could basically lay claim to be owning us or something. And so that's when they finally took a, they took a, per, they, they convinced somebody to come with them. So just stay here, just stay here. We'll let you know what, you know, when you can go home. And they just kept going through the portal until finally what they, they came randomly out and landed in that person, at which point it was like, well, yeah, <laughs> that was a dirty trick. But now at least we have somebody <laughs> who <laughs> we're, we're a lot better uh, equipped to, to explore this world. So, yeah, going to have a heck of a story when he wakes back up. Well, unfortunately, yeah. there it says that you don't remember anything. Your mind is not harmed oh, by no, no, this no. process. He like will you, he won't remember anything that happened, but he'll he'll definitely have the story of being okay. These these animals that could write led me out to a big portal, and then I fell asleep. No, basically, it's a big a big piece of grass. Yeah. Oh, he can't see the portal. He's not. So yeah. <laughs> It just led me out to the middle of the, the, the grasslands, and then and then I woke up in my neighbor's house. Yep. And they had these... Three, months, had three months later. And they have all these stories they're telling me. Yeah. I, I, anyways, so uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. We're, uh, uh, we hope you got something out of this, and you'll use this as a launching pad for maybe your campaign. Maybe you're not going to start a Hatsumi base. Maybe you'll start here and get your team oh, yeah. together and grow them organically and get them over to Hatsumi and get out in the fruit fest. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Or you I, I, I want to read these, folks. Yeah, so. Or you can use it as a one-shot at a convention where you basically take literally people that are fish out of water and shove them all together in this training base and see if you can get through training together. Uh, and uh, who knows? You know, you... Uh, uh, you may actually find uh, the perfect character for you to play. We hope you do, and we hope you'll be with us for more adventures as we explore the various games in the TriTech universe and gaming in general. Uh, but you'll have to wait till next week. So until then... This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.